Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 17 of the Future Break Podcast. I'm your host, Peter. And I'm your co-host, Serge. And this is the podcast where we discuss emerging technology, human behavior, and what this all means for the future. And thanks to Cotton Bureau for sponsoring our podcast. Cotton Bureau, where you can get quality, well-designed t-shirts that you can't find anywhere else. And if you don't see any you like, you can even design your own. Check them out at Cotton Bureau at futurebreak.net forward slash CB. Thanks again to Cotton Bureau. Love their stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm wearing uh, I'm wearing my Hawkins High School shirt right now. <laughs> well, oh, thank you, Netflix. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes, Peter, there's a... We have a difficult time, I would say, finding a story, but sometimes it just kind of lands in your lap. It really does, yeah. Like, like this one. <laughs> this one. Uh, we're talking today about crime, security, um, surveillance, some of this kind of dark stuff here. Yeah. Um, but I know you have a bone to pick with something well, going on locally. Well, I want I want to tee it up as a little bit of a comparison to what we'll be getting into. So here locally in, in the Midwest... Um, in kind of a maybe a little bit a feud between Iowa, at least a city in Iowa called Sioux, a Sioux City, city or Sioux City, Iowa. I was gonna say a city that will not be named. No, okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. Um, they have a police, not a police, um, a camera that, of course, will catch you speeding and put a uh, catch you and say, Hey, here's a fine that you maybe need to pay. Yeah. Right, that's like on the side of the highway, right? Or it scans your scans your yeah. license plate ultimately. Well, um, the state of South Dakota that we live in currently says, uh, "No, we will not be giving you Sioux City any of the data on our people." Thank you, South Dakota. Which is it's just it's almost crazy. It's a it's a states' rights kind of type thing, yeah. and saying yeah. like, "No, we are different than what you're doing. We don't like what you're doing. We don't like you scanning our citizens." Ironically, even though they, we are going into that state, I completely can see that argument. Um, but at the same time, we are not passing our data on to them to uh, to basically ticket people from South Dakota. So it's kind of an interesting segue into something on the other side of the spectrum of across the pond. Across the pond. Yeah. That is kind of been mind blowing and actually helped made us take a little internal look here, maybe inside the states a little bit. But go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, jumping off from where you are, Peter, we have this thing that's scanning our license plates and you know, sending us tickets in the mail. Well, yeah, not not anything new, not anything yeah, new, really. Yeah. yeah, it's you've probably seen it in other parts of the country. Easy. So, what this story really caught my attention because in Durham, England. One of the, the the police department there is actually going to start using artificial intelligence to help decide officers whether or not to release a suspect that's kept in custody. So <laughs> let that sink in for a minute here. Yeah. We're using AI to help us essentially, you know, reading between the lines, help us to see, okay, is this person going to reoffend? Right. And what are their chances? And if it's high, we're not going to release them. And so the natural, the logical flow for that to me is, I mean, it's it's pre-crime. It's crime prevention. Right. You know, and, and keeping people off the streets that they didn't commit a crime, but based on 
previous uh, actions, we're going to keep them off the streets anyways. And, you know, some of the background of this, this system, uh, there's five years of data of offending histories put into this uh, database, into this AI. I believe it's using data specific for Durham, not like greater England or anything like that. Right. Um, check out the name of this thing. <laughs> it's called the Harm Assessment Risk Tool or HART. Or HART. <laughs> Which is a little ironic because, there I mean, there's none. really no HART involved. Um, and the, the crazy thing is the system was already tested back in 2013, and the results were really good um they showed that uh the forecast was actually accurate to about 98 percent of the time when there's a low risk person uh and when there was a high risk person it was accurate to 88 percent of the time so i mean that just reminds you of probably one movie that you've seen have you seen this movie by the way peter not all of it oh my gosh but i know I know the gist behind it, right? Yeah, yeah, Minority minority Report. Minority basically. Report, yeah. And so we wanted to talk a little bit about today, about surveillance, about about really this specific thing. And, and based on some of our previous episodes, we have this powerful technology, you know, AI, neural networks, things that are computers that are learning themselves. Right. And... How does that then change, you know, from a simple, like, model that we can put together to now, okay, we're taking into consideration all these other factors. So, yeah, that's, that was a story that we're like, oh, this is, this is something else. This is, this is probably the start of, you know, this, this type of policing that, that we haven't really seen yet. Right. And to a certain extent, we understand where some of this is coming from. Mm-hmm. This is coming from, well, just think about this. If there's, I'm sure that's more than that. I'm just I'm trying to remember the population of the world right now. But let's say there's 8 billion people on the planet, right? Okay. Something like that. Um, I'm quite certain it's more than that. But uh, the, the, uh, how do you, how do you navigate, how do you police that many people? Now, let's even just say take away that many people out. Let's just go back to, in this case, the, the um, England, our, our friends across the pond, right? Yeah. How do you police that many people? And there's a, still this concept in our world of technology of how do we become more efficient, more effective, things like that. Mm-hmm. And AI is definitely one of those tools. It takes away the need for people to do certain tasks, maybe allows them to focus themselves on other things. And currently right now, this system, Heart, is connected to about 34 that we know sources that influence its recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. And and that and to their credit, that isn't the ultimate decider. Right. Right. So, so th- it it, it, it Tells them, here's what we think. The person then who's deciding things can say, I don't still like that or whatever. They, they're still a human factor, sure. a human decision in the end. But at the end of the day, you know, like to your point, this seems like this is just the beginning. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think we know all the 34 connected things, but imagine like 
Oh, let's hook into everybody's Facebook account. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. What does that do to this yeah. whole system? And, so. and pro- that's probably not too hard to do. I mean, you can s- start scraping Facebook. You can, you know, there's there's not even Facebook. There's so many other things out there that you can pull from, you know, different like online habits even. Right. You yeah. know, and supposedly this system, the, the heart system is not using race as a determining factor. That's correct. Um, which is fine, but I think that you can't get away from that. Eventually, there will be a tool that will use race. I think, and even it's hard for us to even say this. To be honest, I would say, but it, it seems like how do you how do you end up not incorporating that in some capacity into your algorithm at some point in time? Yeah, I mean, or having it's almost like. Even if you tell the system, which, by the way, certain to certain extent learns on its own, is it somehow not going to yeah. avoid that? Is it going to learn itself that oh, okay, this there's a there's a race factor that's that's already been pulled in, right? Um, I mean, another thing like thinking about is like what about you know religious? Absolutely. You know, yeah. are you are you more? Is there a bias based on people? You know, with a <clears throat> excuse me like a let's say a asian sounding name or a you know middle eastern sounding name or an actual british name is yeah. there going to be a bias based on that because these ai systems i mean they're designed by humans so we we come to it with a certain level of bias as it is and and i can understand people would say well that seems just kind of ridiculous why would the name affect anything? keep in mind though this is a system that is aggregating tons of data yeah and understanding seeing things at a higher level that we can't understand maybe even ourselves just by looking at it so that's one thing that we've tried to keep keep in mind as we've been we've been thinking about this i mean yeah it's finding the connections that we wouldn't even think are connections basically yeah uh so yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that's really where you get this whole, you get this whole idea of like, okay, this is definitely turning into minority report where, and for those of you that haven't seen it, the, I mean, the, the premise is essentially there is this task force, this unit that um, based on monitoring of all this data can find people that are completely innocent that are not doing anything at all and arrest them before the crime happens it's called pre-crime and pre-crime is not a new thing and it's been around for for a few years now um well i think there's a there's a uh <clears throat> there's a uh, uh science fiction writer that uh, came up with with the idea of pre-crime and and you know the more you think about it you're like well do we do does it make sense? I mean, is it is it better for the society as a whole to arrest people that we think could potentially commit a heinous crime? Right. You know. Well, at the end of the day, I mean, that was one of the things that we didn't state was. I mean, is your political affiliation going to be factored into this in some capacity? As well? Yeah. Because this is extremely political. Oh yeah. Completely. Yeah. And um, then you know, depending on who's in charge. Totally. Does the, uh, the does the reverse happen too? Does the flip happen? Like, okay, now we've got a more conservative person in charge, 
you know, do we then start arresting more liberal people and vice versa? Vice versa. Do we have, you know, liberals starting to arrest conservatives for, you know, whatever. Um, And this is, (laughs) this is something we don't really talk about here is politics, but (laughs) we don't talk about politics, but it's, it's kind of inevitable. Um, yeah, I, I know you and I both actually beforehand, we're more classical liberal libertarians. So we believe ultimately in, an individual. So this kind of freaks us out a little bit because it seems like individuality gets kind of stripped out a little bit from this. Um, but yeah, it's, it's okay. I'll, I'll let you continue. Sorry. <laughs> this is an arresting show here. Isn't it? It's, <laughs> you know, uh, with, with all this stuff, like I, I started looking, okay, well, I mean, it makes sense that it's in England, I think, right? Because you, we, it's it's really known in general that um, England is probably one of the most surveilled countries in the world, if not the most, and then second to the U.S. I mean, they have, according to this is crazy, according to some estimates, um, Greater London has probably around 500,000 CCTV cameras. What? Yeah. So that's... Half a million? Half a million CCTV cameras. So that's private uh, and also police cameras. I yeah. think police cameras are uh, quite quite lower than that. Um, and, I mean, again, these are all estimates, so it's, it's a little bit difficult to find exactly... Um, what the numbers truly are but i mean think about that five hundred thousand cameras just in london alone yeah and now um the police will definitely use cctv camera footage for you know catching criminals and whatnot right well it goes back to you can ironically going a little back to early my earlier thing about susi south dakota can footage or evidence be used from other sources that are non-government yeah yeah right exactly and in in this case it is totally applicable in this country it's totally okay to do that so and in my in many of our states i think it is too here but that's so in other words well we've talked about this before even like with ai and cars like what happens when the camera (laughs) yeah on cars and maybe it'll be turned into sensors but what happens when if you have just a bunch of, you know, 1632 cameras on a car, can the evidence of that car become a stationary now recording device that, pe- that people can, yeah. or authorities can use to implicate on other things? Right. Completely irrelevant of the car itself. So. Hit and run. Somebody down the street, you, you the car drives by when this happens. Right. Can you pull that can stuff? Can you pull it? Yeah. That's, yeah. So I think, um, again, I think by... My my thoughts here are this is this is really going to start and kickstart this AI revolution in um, you know in the policing industry and really figure out like okay we can use it for uh, custody decisions what else can we use AI for and then that's really when it gets scary I think it's 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 <laughs> it's like a exponentially gets scarier yeah at that point at that point you know you i mean imagine okay you can use this for let's say um 
um, you're in the prison already, you can use this to help decide, um, you know, release dates. You can use it to help uh, figure out when people are, are put on parole. Do we ever put anyone on parole? I mean, we there's that's already decided by the court, by the judges usually today. Like right. you know, you get life in prison with no chance of parole. Okay, well, do we do we ever start taking that decision out of the hands of humans? You know what I mean? As as the ultimate decision, yeah. Like, Decider. We say, okay, you get 20 years. Sergeant thinks, no, this guy should be let go. But yeah. the system says, no, you need to keep this guy in here at least two more years. Yeah. Currently, based on, yeah. Their, on the AI is telling people what to do. Right. right. Which is, well, and again, it, it, it terminator ish a little bit. Keep in mind, again, it gets smarter, right? Right. <laughs> it yeah. It keeps getting smarter. And, and this is Durham police. I mean, this is Durham is. I don't really know how big it is. I don't think it's too huge. Yeah. Um, imagine using this in Boston or Detroit, you know, or eventually New York City. Chicago. What does New York City look like with this? Yeah. Well, I think New York City's got some cameras of its own. They do, right? but I totally. mean, this is next, this is next level. And maybe here. something's going on that we don't even completely know about, <laughs> which leads me into my into. My, one of the things that tags along on this, there's a company called Taser. Yeah. They make the the Taser things, right? Well, they maybe do a little bit of that, but they've actually rebranded it actually a little bit. Oh, the Axon. Okay. But, uh, they had too much, too much <laughs> negative publicity. <laughs> but uh, they um, came out with providing, wishing to provide all cops with body cams. Hmm. Now, um, you know, since 2015, 2014, 2015, when we had all sorts of, you know, questions about cops shooting people, I mean, Ferguson, Minneapolis, I mean, Brown, I mean, there's so many, and then just overall, just, well, what about people in everyday life? Not to mention just giving, you can even go on the side of like giving cops a little bit of more of an edge of being able to say, no, look at my body cam. This is what I saw. It, it helped, you know, it's, it's a way to try to get some, provide evidence to ultimately uh, the situation in the end. Right. Yeah. So awesome. That sounds, that sounds, wow. The taser is giving these to everybody. Right. It, well, what, what, what is, what's the, what's the catch here? Well, the concept of this is, Taser will then you'll the they'll give everybody body cams. The local department has to pay for like a monthly storage amount, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like a Dropbox type concept. Yeah, it makes to, sense. Yeah, to upload the store to upload the video footage. And what Taser will will do is be able to start studying the video footage utilizing AI. You're using AI to understand things and. And the theory goes, and actually not the theory, the intent goes down the road to say, once again, almost like identifying the person before, you know, they do anything wrong yeah. on multiple fronts. Number one, just facial recognition of like, yeah. this is this is who this person is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They had a history of X. Um, or just based on their behavior 
And I think some of this concept of not facial recognition, but also like iris detection and stuff like, you, you know, like your pupil. Di- I mean, I don't like what's going on in this person's mind, like being able to detect that a little bit ahead of time to alert the police officer um, before something like that happens. And they give the situation with um, uh, Castile, Philando Castile, which in the Midwest, in the Midwest, we reckon we, that was one that really kind of shook us up a little bit because this was the uh, the shooting in, in Minneapolis area where he had a, a right to carry concealed carry yep. and everything like that, and it was just it was kind of a mess in the end. And I still think they're trying to figure stuff out on that end. Um, but what what tasers process here is to say they could alert the cop, hey, this person already. He has a right to carry concealed and everything sure. like that before anything would have happened. Yeah. So it's, it's that's an argument where you're like, whoa, okay, I don't know if I can come. That's hard to argue against at times. Yeah. But at the same time, going on a higher level, now this company, which, by the way, seems to have relationships with 17,000 out of the 18,000 police departments across the United States. Let's put that in perspective. Wow. Okay, that sounds like a monopoly to a certain extent. Has gathering all that footage, dissecting it, throwing AI into it, and producing results out of I mean, yeah, big data, but I don't know. What does that do to the individual in the end? That's, that's There is no individual, Peter. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, in the end, you're just, you're, an, you're a walking algorithm. Yeah. And, you know, kind of to piggyback off of what you were saying, this uh, this article on the Free Thought Project about AI and, and pre-crime, <laughs> listen to this. So, you know, they say while AI techniques with vision, speech analysis, and even gait analysis, so we all have a different way of walking, <laughs> uh-huh. they can analyze that too, can aid interviewers, interrogators, and security guards in detecting possible deception and criminal behavior it's possible application in law enforcement monitoring by sur- surveillance cameras, for instance, presents a remarkable capacity for abuse. Well, duh. <laughs> and listen to this. This is this is the the this is the scenario they paint. Imagine police CCTV cameras zeroing in on an individual who appears to be out of place in a certain neighborhood. Yeah. AI might conclude that they intend to burglarize a business or residents, and trigger the deployment of officers to the scene, even if the person has simply just lost their way and went in for a walk in the new area. <laughs> that, I mean, that's minority report right there. Yeah, you're on vacation. You wind up someplace you right. didn't intend to go. Or you intended to go, quite honestly. Yeah. You just have a funny walk. <laughs> you know. But then, you know, and I was like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what, that's what this technology allows you to do very efficiently. And, you know, in a sense, it, again, it, to sound like a broken record, it learns itself, people. It learns itself. Yeah. And it knows, and it, this thing will just get smarter and smarter and smarter until, I mean, we're going to be, I don't know, can can this, here's a thought for you, can this translate to 
cyber crimes. So instead of looking at your, you know, your gait or your oh, face, yeah. can peep can this AI then be applied to okay, let's start let's start tracking some digital signatures of Peter or Serge or somebody else. Well, I and I, then start putting it putting it together. I see. So not even doing anything to do with Evenix. How do I say this? I want to call it offline data, but it's not offline data because it is actually been captured or something like that. It's like pure online data. But it's, so, but it's pure, your digital activity yeah. online specifically. Yeah. And then also being able to say, let's pull this into the whole algorithm on a whole as well. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, can they start, can they start adding that data into this system? Um you know, I'd be curious to know about that in, in, in the Durham case. Like, this is something that will definitely follow here. Yeah. Because this is, you know, this is going live supposedly in the next few months. You know, and this is 2017. So, again, we're going to look totally different, I think, by 2020. Well, you already have a company that's willing to pay for things for police officers. And stuff. Yeah. That model may continue I, in other areas, right? So, I totally, I totally see that happening. So, well, I mean, it sounds like all doom and gloom here, Peter. Right. But is it really doom and gloom? Do you think? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was. I kind of said yes yeah. right away, didn't I? Uh, <laughs> there's there's an author that was was referenced at one point in time in one in the articles, and this is on the Intercept. Um, Kathy O'Neill, which I feel like I need to read her book, but her title of her book is really interesting and it's called Weapons of Math, not Mass, Math. M-A-T-H. Yes. Destruction. How Big Data Increases Inequality and Threatens Democracy. And there is a level of of just initial feeling of like I can comp- I, I can agree with that mm-hmm. because maybe maybe I'm the, the the issue here I don't know maybe I'm idealistic but I do like the process of still having an indiv- like individuals understanding other individuals. Um, and looking at an individual, whether they're a repeat offender or their initial offender, if they've done nothing wrong at all, and understanding that before you start throwing these massive systems um, into place. Now, at the same time, as a marketer, I completely understand how AI has helped, you know, aggregate data and help me as a marketer. That's so, true. And... I even respect Taser's process of trying to get this body cam footage to, to a certain extent, improve the safety and pr- prevent outcomes and actually maybe even help the officer understand how to approach things better moving forward, right? Because it can be tailored to an individual. If I've been working, you know, for three months, well, and I've got this body cam footage of everything I do... The the theory is that Taser could say, "Hey, here are some things that you could work on to help improve things." Right. So I I'm all about self improvement here as well. I mean, it's not. 
it's not the issue. I'm about safety. I don't want people to be getting hurt or anything like that. Yeah. But, but I get, yeah, I get nervous about probably the, the connections the AI system will eventually identify. And, and maybe I'm, like I said, maybe I'm just overanalyzing <laughs> this and thinking, wow, are you, are you so naive that you do not want to understand connections that you just never would even thought would be possible? It's like you go to Taco John's every Tuesday. You have X percent more likelihood to. I mean that, but that's what that's right. But that's the right. that's the details here. It's a right? shady place, isn't it? Right. Um, stuff like that that we just can't even quite fathom. Uh, that a system that is bent on learning our behaviors uh, could. So let me let me ask you this. This is kind of a <clears throat> going down the I mean the next logical step. Okay, so we're having the system help us with decisions now. What does it do for the legal system? Do we eventually get rid of a jury? <laughs> I sure hope not. Well, think about it. Okay. I know you know, judge, here is the defendant, you know, here is, you know, they're innocent because X, Y, and Z. And the prosecutor goes, take this flash drive, plug it into this new, you know, new heart system. And it's got all the details of not only this person's, you know, biological information, but it's got their online history. I mean, and essentially at that point, it's like, well, the evidence is so strong on so many different levels that, you know, you, you can't intimidate juries. You can't intimidate this system. Rather you can't, um, there's no, there's no error. You know what I mean? Right. The margin of error like doesn't exist anymore because it's not, you know, 12 people or however many it is. That's, Just, math, that's math destruction, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Because you're saying, hey, the prosecution say, with a 95% probability, you know, yeah. you know, like this is that. What do you think of that? Does that? I No, I don't like, I mean, to, I, for whatever reason, I just, it just, that rubs me the wrong way a little bit. I agree. I, under, I, I understand it. And I even understand how, yes, if somebody commits something and there's, there's search data on the computer that helps understand what was the person's intent. Yeah. Right. But yeah. I don't like the thought of basically a system in the end deciding the fate. Now, and maybe I'm reading this wrong, but I was recently on jury duty. Yeah. Okay. You were. <laughs> I was. Okay. I got called in and I got to experience, you know, the process of lawyers selecting a jury. And in the end, I walked out of there having more faith in our judicial system than I have had. And really, than I really understand. Yeah, totally. Just because you are you are trying to put a bunch of people together, and this is twelve, right? Or, right, right. So there's there's a fair amount here that that in and of itself is this way to kind of balance things out. 
And I, I mean, I'm not saying the number magic number is twelve. So I mean, well, I said twenty. Or why right. I, I think it is twelve in the U.S. Well, yes. at least. Yeah. 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 So, but you were you were you were not guilty until proven guilty. Yeah. Right. That is the that is the attempt. That is the way you need to go into it. Now, if the data is there stacked against you, yeah. and things like that. Maybe you probably did end up doing it, and maybe you should be convicted. But it still is, I believe, your right as the defense and as the defendant to be able to argue your way through that. Right. So, and I think it's more nuanced. And still than just, have people decide that. Yeah. It's still, I still like that idea in my mind. Well, I, I agree, and I think what I was going to say is, it's more nuanced than just looking at the data. Right. Like the data will tell you the a lot of the what you know it'll tell you here's what happened right yeah but you know you need to have that human touch but again my question that's it's kind of going back to well maybe not now maybe not in the next 20 years but in the next 50 years let's say based on you know there's been retrials because jury intimidation there's been you know things have people have there's been loopholes essentially that people have have uh, used, um, and they've had to retry criminals like m- murderers, things like that. Is there going to be a point when, where people are like, "Enough, we cannot trust a jury anymore," and so we're going to feed all the AI data we have or all the data to this AI system of the future and that's going to be our decision maker. I'm quite certain there would be the concept of, I don't know if, what the right terminology for that is, but I want to call them purists who would say yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's for the better good, right? It's for the better good of everything. But even the data that we saw of that initial thing that you were talking about with heart of the people that were predicted to be repeat offender or high prior high risk is what they really were labeled as. Yeah. Currently 12% of those was wrong. They've, they've come to understand. So in other words, the system mislabeled 12% of the high risk of people. High, high risk for repeat offending or offending. Yeah. 12% of that was wrong. That's a decent amount of it. Of that, is, that is a pretty big right. margin, I would say. And now you could all say, well, it's going to get better, and, and I'm sure it probably even would will. But there's... I don't know. <laughs> I feel like... Okay. We are in the future breakdown at this point in time, aren't we? Yeah, I, I, think, yeah. I think so. This has been the future breakdown. Here, here's my my initial issue with it all, and this is culture. Okay, this is upbringing. This is everything like that. It's kind of like you gotta believe that somebody has the potential to change. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like in the in the last moments of whatever the issue is, they will make the right decision. Sure. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And. I don't know. This AI, even though it can analyze your online behavior probably and stuff like that, can it really understand like 
the, the, the books you were just reading or the conversations you just had with other people. And I might be able to understand some of that with video yeah. footage, right? A little bit, but, um, to understand just the more recent things in your life that have impacted you. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of what, I mean, once again, maybe I'm a little bit naive on this and maybe too hopeful, but I like to think that people can change. And in the end, you know, it's kind of like the concept of one of our favorite podcasters, Dan Carlin of hardcore history talking about the nuclear war. What do you, what does what does the what does the person decide if if one accidentally gets sent sent up a nuclear missile? I mean, does the does it does the person does the the people that are going to get hit in the end still press the button as a retaliation, or do they say, you know what, that would just mean the end of everything, and let it happen? I mean, that's that's so morbid and so weird and everything like that, but it's it's and once again a complete hypothetical to a certain extent at least yeah right but it's the concept of this person has been a repeat offender has had some very bad issues and gets pulled over and you can and this and the system senses like the eyes and the pupils yeah. dilating sensing this person is getting agitated and don't get me wrong i even understand like okay for the protection the cop safety and the people around in the area the cop is alerted of this yeah but I still, in my mind, I we have seen this happen where people have done the right thing in the end um, or have had a change of heart of some capacity. Right. And so to throw that out um, and let a system say, keep this person in the system because of X, Y, or Z, and maybe the system will learn things that I don't even, that are exactly yeah. what I'm thinking about right here. I don't know. That's... I don't even really have a future breakdown on this because it's already in place, right? I mean, this is already right. happening, okay? <laughs> this isn't... This is... I mean, the only thing, in my opinion, is it's going to get connected into more and more systems and be able to find things that we don't even understand, regardless of our attempts to try to limit it. Yeah. It, I think I'm, I think I got to be done here. I, <laughs> I just... I don't know. I'm too hopeful. No, I, I mean, I, I get your point, Peter. Um I think this this issue, I mean, just if you break it down by what it really is, by like the, the, the absolute base level, you are talking about privacy, right? Yes. And so with privacy, I saw an actually a really great video like the other day. It was this cafe and basically in this cafe, <laughs> the people come up and they, they start using the Wi-Fi. And so... The host of this video says, "Well, let's let's start taking a look and see see what's going on with these people." And based on what they're searching, yeah. what they're doing on the on the public Wi-Fi of this cafe, at one point, the waitress comes up to an older gentleman, and she hands him her phone, and she's like, "Hey, I have your daughter. Uh, I think her name was." Macy or something like that. I have your daughter Macy on the phone here. She gives it to the guy. The guy takes it like, Macy? What? I'll call you back. And that guy was so blown away. Like, I mean, think about that. You don't know the 
you know, you don't know the person that is serving you, but somehow they know your daughter's phone number and they've called her. They've got her on their personal cell phone. That's mind blowing. And so this, I believe leads up to, this is, this is just another, another like arrow in the privacy debate and privacy war. Right. You know, do we, (laughs) do we, is there such a thing as privacy anymore? I don't, I don't think so. I I really yeah. don't. I don't think. I mean, there's no such thing as full privacy. Well, even after everything I just said, I completely understand that you need to live your life as realizing that everything is monitored. Yeah, yeah. And some of the stuff we don't think about it. Like again, we we've talked about Gmail. Gmail reads your emails. Um, they serve up ads based on what people are, what you are, you know, subscribing to. What like newsletters you're subscribing to things like that that's fine that's that's a minor minor thing i think right right? but then when you start you know let's say you had a tough day at work or something happened and maybe you were crying and you're you know you're walking down the street and this camera picks you up pupils dilated you know their gait is not is 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 concerning Let's send out a let's send out a cop to check on this person and to you know I, I think that's a super slippery slope. Now I don't feel like this will happen quickly, or I I feel like we're gonna have legal pushback. We're gonna have some of the you know the the polit- the politicians start coming out and start coming either for or against the system too. Well, the concept I think that. The reason why I think I completely agree with you on that end is even if you think this is a good thing, like a really good thing, and there's parts of me that understand this is a good thing. Yeah, totally. You have to understand in the hands of the wrong person, an authoritarian government, let's even say, this this is not a good thing. Yeah. Because you can input whatever you want. You can query whatever you want. And one thing we didn't talk about completely, but I'll just note here at the end, IBM has done research on in this world as well. And they say they can even pinpoint people's whereabouts to a certain extent in real time. Okay? So you have to... That is, that's also pretty freaky. Based yeah. on probably your behavior, everything yep. that you've done... Um, they can probably even predict where you're going to be. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly. So I I think um final thought here on 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 this whole pre-crime and and using AI for these decisions, yeah. I think I think it's going to become more common, unfortunately. I think there will have to be some kind of guardrails put in place so that we're not driving on, you know, on a very tight turn as society on a cliff. And then we start, you know, mass deporting people or start mass arresting people. Did you know that there's systems in, in the works that can basically shut down people's cell phones? Really? Yeah. So you were at a demonstration. Let's say you're in Turkey. You're demonstrating against the authoritarian government there which is, it is right now. 
they can shut down your phone. They can just do a mass like it's 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 crazy. But this is you know, this is where some of these ideas end up manifesting at the end. Right. You know, we have a we have a, a small idea of let's let's make people safer. You might even say, well, you know, in the hands of somebody like uh, a London or, or excuse me, in England or maybe a local city, maybe even a, you might even give the United States uh, a benefit of the doubt and say, in the hands of the right people, this could be very helpful. Yeah. Um, and then you got to think to yourself, well, what happens if you put this in the hands of a dictator? Right. Um, I mean, we always bring up history in this show. Because it's we want don't want to forget that and realize some of the technologies we have today. What, what would happen if it was in the hands of other people? Imagine this in the hands of Stalin or something like that. This would be this would be a nightmare and a half. Oh man, um, levels that we would not even understand. So yes. <laughs> That's a horrible way to end my point right there. But uh, at the, if there's anything that good comes of this, I, I don't like I don't mind the idea of cops learning to understand how to improve themselves, and be better equipped to handle situations. I agree. I think having like in uh, Philando Castile's like your your point, and you know, hey, here's an alert right. before this cop even approached the guy. Like here's an alert. Hey, this guy is a you know, registered gun owner. Yep. No history. <sighs> Take it easy, buddy. Like seriously. Yeah. That. You know, I, and you know what? I tell you what, on one hand, I'm like, that is a good thing. And the other hand, but it is, once it, again, it's like, yeah, you can it, flip it, the situation. It, it also is a very not good thing because then, then, then it's can, like this database can, of everything you have. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. This one, I thought someone's going to be good. Yeah. Well, we hope you enjoy the show again. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a little darker, but I think um, it paints the the picture of kind of what um, what's really possible with a lot of this new emerging technology that we've been talking about. You know, it's only going to get better. Um, At least smarter. And smarter, yeah. And, and we'll see where it ends up eventually. But, yeah, so th- again, thanks for listening. Uh, you can check us out on futurebreak.net. Uh, that's our main site. We've got a lot of our... Uh, all of our shows on there. You can check out, um, you know, links to our social profiles. We're on Twitter at Future Break Pod. Um, where else can you find us, Peter? Yes, please check us out on iTunes um, and or any of the players, podcast players that you like to listen to, Stitcher. Um, and we'd love to hear a rating and review. And you know what? People always push rating and reviews for iTunes. And I understand why. It helps get people in front of us, you know, gets all the people in front of us, gives us a good light on that. I'm just going to say this. Ultimately, we care about you in the end. And so, yeah. so that would help us. But in the, none, we would love to hear from you no matter where you, what platform that is. Exactly. Okay? Yeah. So feel free to email us. Um, yeah, come to the website and fill out the contact form and reach out to us. Yeah, yeah, so. we've got some really amazing news coming up here. Like, yeah. this, is, this is really gonna ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, next level news. So next we we, we can't share it quite yet, but okay. we're super excited. Um, so look forward for that uh, coming up here shortly. Yes, indeed. All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening. Thanks everybody who's stuck with us 
through episode 17 now. Yep. Truly appreciate it. Have a magical day. Take care. Bye-bye.